What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Jordan Helley is joining me as my special guest co-host for the day from the island of Maui. Uh, we heard that promo for Knicks Heat Game 2. Uh, they were hyping up Jimmy Butler. He's out, ruled out because of the ankle injury that he twisted in Game 1. Jalen Brunson uh, for the Knicks, uh, he's their top dog, and he's questionable because of... Uh, I guess, an ankle issue that's uh, hampering uh, his preparation for game two. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, But, you know, we talk about the NBA regular season problem. A lot of that is attached to load management, and there's not a lot of faith that fans have that when they buy these increasingly expensive tickets, uh, and particularly if you add some travel uh, factors to that, uh, the the money, the expenses being paid by fans to go see these guys play, and there are increasing uh, percentages and odds that those guys won't play or are being held out for quote-unquote load management um that's an issue that the nba still has yet to figure out but now we're actually seeing uh the residue of just stars having to deal with injuries uh, in this postseason do you think it's just a um, a novelty attached to this year's edition of the nba playoffs or do you think there might be something more to that perhaps a connection to the fact that some of these guys maybe aren't playing enough during the regular season to prepare them for the rigors of playoff basketball. Yeah, it's so hard to tell, right? I mean, there's obviously going to be a little correlation, I think. Um, but I will preface it with saying that every year, right, there there's at least one or two significant injuries that kind of shape things, right? Um, every year there, there's always – nobody's at fully healthy. Uh, at this time of year and and you can go back throughout history and look at just about every single championship one like you got to catch a lot of breaks um some on your own squad and and some that that maybe make the path uh forward a little bit easier because of injuries on other teams but yeah it, it's not great because now more than ever load management is front and center now more than ever guys are playing fewer and fewer regular season games um that's across the board amongst all the stars um, and so if you're going to have that and also these guys getting hurt <laughs> come playoff time, like that's that's worst-case scenario, right? Because guys are always going to get hurt. Um, we we, we kind of just went over that. But for the most part throughout the history of the league, like those dudes played a lot of regular season games, if able to. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously some of those injuries come in the regular season. But there wasn't guys just sitting out for the sake of sitting out, right? If Kawhi Leonard's going to play as few games as he did – and then get into the playoffs and, and 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 miss a ton of that first round series because his knees swelling up on him again. And and as you point out, some of these are are more freakish injuries like Giannis taking a hard tumble to the floor, Joel Embiid kind of get twisted up on, um, you know, some of the some of these other dudes, uh, Jimmy Butler rolling an ankle or something like that. Um, how much of that is just in the moment? How much of that is cumulative based on the fact that you know wear and tear over the course of the season, making you a little more susceptible to injuries like a rolled ankle. Um, but again, if, if you're going to devalue the regular season so much, if the regular season is going to see fewer and fewer games played by these stars, and then also on top of that, you get into the playoffs and they're hurt and they're missing games and they're, they're, they're not playing or they're playing well below or teams are getting upset because of those players not being able to play. Um, that, that's to me is the worst case scenario for, for the league and obviously why they're trying to expand or excuse me, explore, 
all these other options, whether it's in-season tournaments, other ways to kind of lessen the load and maybe maybe shift the balance of the games to other sort of competitions than just the regular season. But, yeah, I think it's it, this year it's been particularly bad because of all the regular season games missed and the fact that, that dudes aren't, aren't getting a chance to, to play in the postseason, too. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty uh, wild situation. If you have a game two between the Heat and the Knicks, and there's no Jimmy Butler, <laughs> and then you look on the other side, and the Knicks are also missing their best player, um, that's that's not a great product, I think, for the NBA in the postseason. But in, you know, injuries do happen, and some of them were freaky deaky, right? Giannis uh, falling on his back, uh, that was kind of a freak. Uh, pun not intended, a Greek freak type of accident. Uh, but you also had the Ja Morant hand issue where it was in a similar situation where he was, you know, um, trying to, to finish in front of the rim and the, the defender was standing there. And, you know, I think part of it is, is maybe even just connected to the fact that, like, these guys are just getting bigger and faster and more athletic. And so they're jumping higher off the ground. And it's just the, the angles that they're playing around now and, and the, the altitude at which they're operating uh, sometime can invite perhaps some of these uh, injury circumstances uh, that we're seeing play out. Uh, this is just uh, you know a natural evolution, if you will, uh, of the game of basketball. All right, Jordan Helley is joining me here from the island of Maui. What we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we come back. Uh, we're going to do a little segment we like to call What the Bleep? And there is some stuff to get to here today, let me tell you. But first, let me remind you that Domino's Pizza Hawaii is a sponsor of Let's Talk Sports. They deliver aloha. And if you order online, you can get as much as 20% off on your online online order. Again, Domino's Pizza Hawaii. They deliver aloha. Let's Talk Sports continues after this. All right, welcome back. Let's Talk Sports. It's the uh, men's V-ball intro music. Whenever the lineups are being introduced in front of the home crowd, uh, Pretty cool to uh, pretty cool to hear uh, as as everyone gets pumped up when uh, the guys are coming out and uh, I love having that bumper music here associated uh, with this show. All right, uh, Jordan Helley is uh, joining from the island of Maui. Uh, we have a bit of a connection issue with him, but I'm going to get to uh, a segment that. Uh, we like to call uh, what the bleep. So basically, you know, this happens every day in sports where you have uh, some kind of story that comes across. And, you know, while you would like to maybe be a, a little bit more um, highbrow in the way that you talk around some of these issues and the discourse attached to it, sometimes it's like you just get to the point where all you can really say is, man, what the bleep. And so uh, we are going to go uh, into this starting off with uh, the latest in what is just an unending saga uh, revolving around Aloha Stadium. The Honolulu Star Advertiser uh, with a story in yesterday's paper, Andrew Gomes, uh, writing about how uh, the state assessment in 2022 estimated that uh, a stadium design that they have more or less kind of agreed upon as at least one of the options uh, would cost $430 million. Uh, and so uh, what they are now considering are some other design options that could scale the stadium down uh, that would have a sort of bleacher seating area with no shade. Uh, we are not even at the RFP request for proposal uh, part of this process yet because uh, the governor, Josh Green, uh, is now uh, once again inviting a uh, 
public-private partnership, 3P as it's being referred to, uh, for the design, building, and managing of this stadium facility. And there will be some ancillary features, perhaps residential homes, um, you know, other kinds of businesses. So, um, yeah, this is going to be, I think, a situation where we're going to see this thing delayed even further. The RFP phase is probably not going to happen until later on this year. Uh, they are already saying that uh, it's going to back up the opening of a new stadium until probably 2028, which is a year later than 2027 uh, targeted date, which is later than the previous targeted date if they had gotten this process underway earlier. And the thing that uh, scares me most about it uh, is just the fact that the longer we go without a stadium, the more normal I think that becomes for the community. It was kind of like during the pandemic where everyone stayed home and so everyone started to work more or less remotely and it started to become a bit more of a normal uh, type of process or procedure uh, to work from home uh, and after a while that just became kind of the normal procedure and the normal way we go about doing things uh, and so that's now an accepted way that a lot of people still work now and and i kind of feel like this stadium thing uh has we're in danger of maybe running into a similar uh situation there where it becomes so much of a back burner topic it becomes so much of a um it, it, it becomes almost like something that people are now indifferent about. And I think that's my fear here is that uh, the longer we go without a new Aloha Stadium facility, the more there will be people in the community who are going to suggest that, you know what, we might not need it. Maybe we don't need the stadium. And, and I do think that... Obviously, in the world of sports, uh, we are very much committed to the idea that sports can work wonders for the community. It serves as a conduit between these different factions and organizations and institutions, certainly uh, from an intercollegiate athletic standpoint. The conduit that sports is between the institution and the community around it is primary. Uh, and I think that uh, we see the value in that in, in our circle, in, in our realm. Uh, and so the to see the further delays of this project and for us to kind of have the stance of hey look this could be good for the community if we do have a new stadium aloha stadium provided all kinds of opportunities to bring in events uh bring in uh, outside dollars tourism dollars you know those kinds of things and i think uh the further away we get from that if it becomes more of a, of a normal routine to not uh, have a stadium facility uh, at our disposal uh, the more people will start to think that that's just kind of the way that life works now and won't see or 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 won't feel motivated or justified in trying to see uh, the value that uh, could be there uh, when uh, when it comes to building a new facility. That's my fear. That's the what the bleep when it comes to uh, Aloha Stadium. All right, we're still having some issues, I believe, with uh, connecting with Jordan Helley. Is there a way we can just get him uh, on on the phone? Can he uh, maybe just call in um, on on the on the phone line? Uh, Oh, neither are working now? All right, fantastic. Live radio, you got to love it. All right, next, what the bleep. Stephen A. Smith says LeBron has a, quote, healthy level of fear of Steph Curry. Basically saying, hey, look, he's not trying to say that LeBron is, uh, you know, curled up in a ball in the corner of his mansion or something like that, fearing having to go up against Steph Curry. But he's saying that there is a healthy level of fear because Steph Curry has been the guy to knock him out of either the NBA Finals or the postseason uh, in previous iterations. Um, and I 
do think that there's a respect there, right? I mean, clearly LeBron's going to uh, be quite aware that Steph Curry is the greatest shooter of all time and a guy who on any given night can drop 50 and make your uh, experience an unpleasant one. Uh, That's for sure. I don't necessarily think that that correlates into fear. And I think the thing we have to remember is, yeah, the Warriors had a uh, significantly better record against LeBron teams than LeBron's teams did. Uh, But that said... The Warriors also had those two years with Kevin Durant. It kind of just throws all the math uh, out the window, right? Just kind of skewed the algebra there, I I think, a little bit when it comes to how we view that rivalry of Steph Curry versus LeBron. It wasn't just Steph Curry. Uh, it was in, in those years, uh, it was Kevin Durant and, and, and you know, just uh, an overly stacked team that had already won uh, a record number of regular season games. Uh, and so I think that one kind of gets thrown out the window. And then so if you remove those two KD years, then the last experience, at least uh, in, in this level of, of battle and NBA finals uh, matchup, at least between, you know, when, when LeBron was at the Cavs and, and, and going up against the Golden State Warriors. The last time was the time he pulled off the 3-1 turnaround uh, against Golden State. And you can say that there were some circumstances there like the Draymond Green suspension for a game that helped lead to that. And certainly that's a part of it, you know. But, um, but yeah, I don't know if there's a fear. I think LeBron probably feels pretty confident going into this series. I think the Lakers probably feel pretty confident that their roster, somehow what they were able to put together, uh, their roster uh, is – better better overall maybe a little bit deeper even with some of the moves that they made uh, at the trade deadline which is kind of crazy to say um i think that they feel pretty confident going into this series i think it's going to be a heck of a series and i'm look forward uh, i'm looking forward to game one here today but uh, yeah what the bleep Stephen a uh, saying that there is a, a healthy level of fear that lebron has for steph curry i don't know if i necessarily buy that completely all right next what the bleep James Harden's outfit entering the arena last night. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but James Harden, uh, he walked into the arena last night before the game, and he had this, like, oversized, um, like, almost like a, a giant Muppet kind of outfit. It was, like, bell-bottom pants that were just, like, really, really huge. He had, like, what appeared to be this kind of, like, shell or, like, you know, peacock type of thing on his back. And um, it was... It was outrageous, and had he not dropped 45 and looked like the absolute man out there, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that would be talked about. It looked like he had shown up at like the Met Gala or something like that. That's how crazy his outfit was. I think we do have Jordan uh, now uh, joining us on the phone line. Uh, Jordan, what's up, man? Uh, did you see James Harden's outfit? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, but what? What was that? <laughs> why was Why was that necessary? Yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I get it. I get it. Yeah, the the Met Gala thing. Uh, good, good point there. But yeah, I I it's just uh, it was quite gaudy. It yeah, seemed, I, um, I don't even know if it was comfortable. Like I'm all for like the loose fitting, <laughs> comfort thing, but it didn't, it didn't it didn't even really seem like it was comfortable. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I, I think that there is. Um... 
I don't know. I guess that's like the thing, right? These guys are just dressing more and more outrageously here, uh, showing up to the games. That's sort of like the show within the show of NBA basketball and NBA fashion. And I'm no fashion guy either, all right? So uh, my judgment on what people wear uh, should be taken with a grain of salt, of course. Uh, but that was uh, that was pretty out there. That was a pretty wacky and, and, and wild display of uh, James Harden fashion sense uh, prior to that game. But then he draws 45. So you know what? He can wear whatever uh, the heck he wants uh, if he pulls off a, a game one win without uh, his running mate, Joel Embiid, uh, against the Boston Celtics. Like, you know, wear, wear whatever you want. If it has uh, pink polka dots, go for it. Yeah, if, if you're going to score that, like, you, you get a lot of uh, – you get quite a bit of leeway if, uh, if you can go drop 40-something in a, in a playoff game. That's just that's just kind of how the world works. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, uh, last what the bleep here that we have time for, I believe. Uh, UCSB basketball coming off of a record season uh, where they won 27 games, made it to the NCAA tournament. Um, they're reloading, man. Another report coming out today. They just received another transfer commitment from a Power 5 school. Zach Clements, uh, who's a sophomore coming over from Kansas, uh, played in limited fashion, obviously, for the Jayhawks, but this is a former four-star recruit out of high school, and he joins uh, what was a former five-star prospect in Johan Traore, uh, who actually went to Auburn uh, for his freshman year. He's a 6'10 power forward, transferring from Auburn to UCS. This was news that came uh, just uh, a few days ago, uh, maybe about a week ago. Um, and, uh, and, and this is a guy who, when he a- entered the transfer portal, uh, made quite the scene. Uh, had Alabama, Oklahoma, Michigan, TCU, among others, chasing him. Uh, and Pasternak over there at UCSB was able to get him, too. So uh, Santa Barbara losing uh, some, some big bodies, including Miles Norris in the front court. Uh, but they are restocking with some guys who were pretty highly rated coming out of high school. So, Jordan, what the bleep, man? <laughs> Is, is Santa Barbara like nationally cool now? Like, what is the secret out? Like, I mean, Santa Barbara's beautiful. Don't get me wrong; uh, it's a great place. Uh, is, is, is like the word out on Santa Barbara is just this great destination. Um, have have the Santa Bar- Santa Barbara like uh, Chamber of Commerce put together some amazing NIL package? That's what like, I'm what thinking. Is, what is, <laughs> what's going on here? That's like, what, what I'm thinking. When, when, when did when, when did this happen? And, and how is it happening? I, I am I am perplexed. Um, I am impressed, but also uh, you know, as uh, as a as a follower of a team in their conference, uh, also con- a little concerned. Um, you know, I mean, Hawaii got the the North Carolina transfer, right? So yeah. uh, we should be encouraged, uh, McCoy. So yeah, no, this it's it's quite interesting, right? It, it's quite interesting if if you see Santa Barbara is kind of. Switching the tide a little bit um, within the within the Big West and 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 that coaching staff, if they can go out and, and get these big time dudes in the transfer portal, and that was kind of the argument, right, uh, for the for the uh, the sky is falling crowd. I was like, oh, the transfer portal, man, these these mid majors are just going to get raided uh, by the big Power Five programs. The rich are just going to get richer, and eh, maybe to an extent, uh, but it's also a two way portal, uh, yeah. and if you are capable. With the means, uh, both in recruiting chops and, and again, I don't, I don't know, uh, I don't know if some car dealership in in Santa Barbara has just uh, taken it upon themselves. But uh, if you can pull it off, uh, you can get those guys to come back to you as well. 
uh, if it didn't quite work out uh, at their first stop uh, amongst the bigger programs. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, mean, I don't know. I don't have any information. There's pure speculation um, and uh, perhaps uh, speculation that's uh, <laughs> a little wild here. But, um, yeah, I'm thinking there's like a gaucho sugar daddy NIL guy or or, or entity that's, um, that's pulling some of the strings to uh, get some of these guys to choose UCSB. Not that it's not a cool place, not that it's not a cool uh, program for sure, uh, and I'm happy to see the the Big West generally just getting bolstered, uh, if you will. But yeah, it will. Uh, if this continues to be the trend, it will make uh, life a little bit more difficult uh, for University of Hawaii basketball fans because it sounds like uh, Joe Pasternak's got uh, something cooking over there at UCSB and doesn't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. All right, last one. What the bleep? PSG suspends Leo Messi for two weeks for missing practice yesterday to take an unauthorized. I guess it was like an endorsement deal trip to Saudi Arabia. Um, you're our de facto soccer guy around here, Jordan. Uh, what the bleep? What's up with that? Yeah, um, you know how I was saying, if, like James Harden, right? He can wear whatever he wants if um, if he can drop 45. So apparently the, it only goes so far, the star treatment, okay? Uh, <laughs> apparently they were going to give the, the PSG team like a day off if they won over the weekend. Uh, they did not. Um, and so that was the, the message to the team was, Hey, if we win, you guys get a couple of days off. If we lose or play to withdraw, uh, we're practicing on Monday. We've got training on Monday. Uh, and so they all plan to win. Uh, Leo had asked to go to Saudi Arabia during the days off for, um, he's like an ambassador of some sort for the Saudi Arabian States. I don't know, more sports washing. Um, <laughs> and, uh, they, the, the, they, uh, they lost, they lost to a team that nobody's heard of. Lorient, um, it, that just shows you how big of an upset or whatever it was. Uh, and so they, they practiced. Uh, and apparently he had permission to go if they won or even a draw was going to be good and he could go, but they lost. And so I guess the team expected him to not go to Saudi Arabia, but he went anyway. Uh, and now he's suspended for two weeks. So even Leo Messi, there are rules and standards at Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, and even he is not bigger than the club. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess. If, if, if you want to play that game, right? I mean, he's Leo Messi, so maybe he's gone after the year anyway. That's kind of what it sounds, sounds like that relationship is souring a little bit. And like uh, even uh, apparently the reports are that the, the rest of the team uh, didn't take too kindly to the incident. So uh, we'll see how uh, Leo Messi uh, is uh, is affected by this. It's getting messy uh, over there for, uh, for PSG. Let's put it that way. All right. Jordan Helley is back on the line. Uh, we're going to take another break. We'll end the show with our best and worst after this. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. Right on. Welcome back. Let's talk sports. I had a little bit of the skids uh, with some technical <laughs> issues connecting with Jordan Helley in the last segment, but we have him uh, via the phone line uh, to help finish the show here. Jordan Helley joining from the island of Maui as the guest co-host for the day. Uh, and it is that time. Last segment usually means best and worst here uh, for uh, Let's Talk Sports. So let's get into it. Aside from uh, uh, the technology maybe being uh, your worst, uh, what is your best here uh, to get uh, this segment going, Jordan? Yeah, my best, uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year, uh, state baseball tournament and state softball tournament going on. Um, uh, one of the baseball games already in the books, uh, Kamehameha Maui defeating uh, Kailua in the first game of the tournament. Shout out Shane Dudua. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 2-0 there. Yeah, it, it, it's just one of the, the, the best tournaments, the, the baseball tournament in particular. The softball tournament's also a lot of fun. Um, 
it, it's so wide open. Um, it, it truly is like a four-league tournament on the baseball side. Uh, in softball, it's kind of wild. Like a non-league champion has won, or a league champion hasn't won the state softball tournament since two, 2014. Um, so if you win your league, that's like a, a bad omen, I guess, at this point. It, it's kind of wild. It's just so much fun. Uh, and it's kind of the, the big kind of culmination. I know we got some state tournaments next week as well, but uh, always a fun culmination uh, at the end of the academic year. Yeah, nice uh, win there for our, our guy Shane uh, and Kamehameha Maui. Uh, and a heck of a match. It just goes to show uh, how good the um, tournament is overall. If your very first game on the first day is Kamehameha Maui and Kailua, for crying out loud, uh, those are some heavy hitters in the sport of baseball. My best, Milan Zarkovic being recognized as the AVCA Assistant Coach of the Year for the second time. Got it back in 2020 as well. Uh, this guy is so invaluable to this program. His presence there, what he has brought uh, from his experience as a uh, national uh, coach and, and international coach, um, what he has done in terms of like the drills and the practice gym, working all kinds of different skills. Um, this guy is, is something else, man. And plus just his disposition. Uh, he's one of the most fun loving dudes uh, you'll ever see. And the players just absolutely respond to him. Uh, his value as a presence on that coaching staff uh, is immeasurable. And uh, it's great to see him get recognized in that way. So that's my best. He's awesome, man. Uh, and that coaching staff has put together something special, and I'm glad he's getting his recognition. All right, we got about a minute left. What's your worst? Um, I, I just went over the state baseball and softball tournaments. <laughs> what some of my favorite? They're playing them at the exact same time. Can we can we stagger it? Uh, a little bit? Yeah. I get it. A, lo- a lot of it's logistics. I understand. Chris Chun and, and the hardworking folks at the HHSA are limited in a lot of ways: <laughs> venues, availability, when UH is out of town. Um, but they're they're at the exact same time. I get it. They're across the street. You can kind of go back and forth. Um, but I mean, you know, it'd be kind of nice if we were able to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. This always seems to happen, right? It gets clumped up like this. Makes it a little bit difficult for the local media to cover uh, those events as well, and for fans uh, maybe to follow uh, to the full extent uh, as well. But you're right. It's it's tough logistically speaking. My worst is uh, Dylan Brooks. Uh, reportedly, the Memphis Grizzlies are not going to be bringing him back. Uh, he is a free agent, and uh, you talk about a fall from grace. Uh, he said he likes to poke bears, talking all that junk. Uh, then basically just inspired the Lakers and Laker fans to uh, just absolutely obliterate the Grizzlies, and um, and he got poked back, and he's not going to be in a Memphis Grizzlies uniform anymore. Uh, that is one of the worst uh, trash-talking reversals that we've ever seen. Yeah, it really came back to bite him, huh? Like it's gone, it's gone south real quick. You can poke the bear all you want if you back it up, but uh, if you don't, and you're now just a massive headache, it's hard to keep you around. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, the the value gets flipped. Let's put it that way. All right, that's it. Hey, thanks, Jordan. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks to Liz for uh, dealing with all of that as well uh, in the room next door. We'll see you uh, next time. We're off tomorrow because of UH baseball. See you on Thursday, everybody.